Down at Third Man, the cricket podcast. Talking all things cricket, from club cricket to million pound franchises to the Test Match Arena. Proudly supported by Woodstock Cricket. Welcome to the Down at Third Man podcast. We're back. It's day one of the third test and it is very, very quiet on Indian cricket Twitter. England have silenced India and Kohli so far today. I think it's fair to say it's been a very, very enjoyable morning for anyone who's English and likes cricket in the slightest. So we'll get into that in a little while. Before we do, just give a big shout as always to our supporters Woodstock. Go and check out their gear. I know it's getting towards the end of the season, but you're obviously going to be looking for gear for next year. Have a look, see what deals they've got going. Use our discount code thirdman 25 and treat yourself to some of the best gear about. And of course, we're still supporting cardiac risk in the young. And it's only fair, yeah, again, to mention the great day that will be happening at Port Hill on Sunday, the Nathan Butler Memorial Day. Go down, support them, support Cry. And as well, get yourself some bat stickers off us too. Right. With me tonight so far, I've got the ginger one with me. Jono is hopefully going to come on at some point, but sadly for little Reggie's dog, um, Reggie had the old snip. So the poor lad's a pretty mate. Animal cruelty. The poor lad's feeling a bit sorry for himself, so Jono's looking after him. But hopefully Jono will join us in a bit. But, Aid, it's been about a month since you've been on here, my mate. How are we? I think, the, I think I've missed three weeks, I think, in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like that, mate. Busy man, busy man. Busy man, mate. Busy man. <laughs> also known as constantly going out for food and pints, I swear. That's uh, how it seems to be. One of them I was away, so I can get, I can get nah, away. I'll let you off for that one. You were in York. One. Getting pissed, but you were in York. Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other two, I can't remember where it was. <laughs> nah. So, today, third test, Eddingley. England announced their team as having Milan in at three and Overton in for Wood, which maybe shocked a few people who thought Sakiba get a game. Probably not instead of Overton, but maybe instead of Sam Curran. India were unchanged, and the biggest shock of all was Virat Kohli actually won a toss for once. Chose to bat. Quite a few people saying, not a bad toss to lose that for Ruti. And it proved to be because India, 78 all out. Um Quick run through the scorecard just to show you sort of, I guess, how bad it really was. Um, India, I mean, they were four for two at one point. Anderson started off the day with three wickets. He got Rahul for a duck, Pajara for one, Kohli for just seven. Um, all three caught behind by Butler. Rowe hit at the top of the order, lasted till quite deep in the day until he played a really, really shit pull shot that he got out to Robinson. He got 19. Rahane also got out to Robinson, he got 18. Um, and then everyone else, other than extras, who batted well yet again with 16, everyone else was out for single figures. And both Curran and Overton at different points were on a hat-trick after getting two and two balls. So really, really good start for England with the ball. Really poor batting from India, I think it's fair to say. England are now batting, they're 18 overs in, the 45 for none. Hamid going well on 28, not out. Burns doing all that on 14, not out. Showing that, unlike what most of Indian cricket Twitter, the only thing they are willing to talk about is the fact that they're claiming that the pitch is unfair and claiming it's the same as our Medabad back at the beginning of the year. I hate to tell them it's not. It was just really shit batting and reasonable, pretty good bowling. 
it's not been unfair in the slightest. It was just really shit batting. It wasn't turning square on day one. It isn't hooping round corners on day one. It's basically a very average pitch, very average swing, and it's just been very poor batting. Dude, uh, what what do you want to say about so far today? Um, well, I've been at work, mate, so I've not watched absolutely any of it. <laughs> well, I have been uh, following the scores, telling Mr. Brian Simcox what was going on. Um, I'm just surprised we've managed to not... Oh, I'm not, not going to say it because I'll probably jinx it, so... Nah. An open partnership that's got past, like, the first two overs. Yeah, that is a massive positive. And, um, um, I was... I was a bit surprised Saki Mamou didn't play, but then with our batting, Overton yeah. and Curran had a bit more, so that's probably the reason why. And then obviously Milan was always going to come in at three and Hamid was always going to open one to so. Yeah. That was one real, not really a surprise, but maybe might have been one other change. Yeah. I must admit, I said this well, myself and I was speaking to Simon Swift on Twitter about it, who listens to the pod. And it was sort of a comment about how England seemed to be trying to just fill themselves up with batsmen and trying to win by out-batting them. And I said I'd rather just try and out-bowl them and bowl them out as cheap as possible. Fair play, even with Overton and Curran, that I don't think is necessarily the strongest third and fourth bowler we could have played. We've bowled, a t- we've bowled them out for 78, so can't have any complaints there. I, I want to give us, I mean, we always give him a massive shout-out, but Jimmy Anderson... Fair play to him. His spell to start the day yet again, absolutely unreal. Um, just completely got the wall over the eyes of the Indian top order. Clearly a really good plan with KL Rahul to get him fifth ball of the day. Coley, Coley's his little rabbit, isn't he? he may have got him in the back pocket. And I think, it was, I think it was really enjoyable to see after all the sort of to-do that there's been over sort of the bummer incident and how... Indians seem to want to make out that Jimmy is some sort of coward who's scared of Bumrah. Don't think that's at all what Jimmy was trying to say. He was just saying that after, was it, nearly 20 years of playing Test cricket, he's never had it before whereby he genuinely didn't think as a tail ender someone was actually trying to get him out. It was quite clear Bumrah was just trying to hurt him and was bowling deliberate no-balls to try and hurt him, which... For me, it's just a bit of a shit tactic. I don't don't really understand it. And delicate old man these days as well, mate. Well, uh, he's 39, <laughs> mate. I mean, I, if I was him, I wouldn't want to be taking on 90-mile-an-hour bouncers. I wouldn't want so, to. I would be fair. But... Well, yeah, true, exactly. So, I, I thought it was good. It was enjoyable to see that from Anderson. And fair, fair play to England. You can't argue with that for a bounce back after what was an horrendous first, uh, second test. And to be honest, not a great first one either. Looking ahead then, what, what are we hoping here for the next four days, dude? I mean, I'm hoping for stars only the next three days. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm hoping yeah. back till the end of day three and have two days. <laughs> I'm not getting that ex- excited, mate, I'll be honest. But we'll have a collapse at some point, so we'll probably end up getting 200 all out. <laughs> uh, and then they'll get a big score and we'll lose. <laughs> See, I'm going to go... I, I fancy England, and this might be me being yeah. a bit hopeful. If we can't win from here, mate, I'm never watching England play test cricket ever again. Oh, that could be famous last words. I'm hoping England put about 300 on, 350 on. It always gets better for batting on, does Edinley, so I'm assuming India might well match that sort of score from England. That's why we need bats till the end of day three, mate. <laughs> yeah. But that, even so, I, I would be very disappointed if 
England in the fourth innings are chasing anything more than 200 now. In fact, not even that, probably 130, 140. Yeah. From how many they've got, mate, we should easily just be able to bat once and then win the game. You would hope so, mate, and that, hopefully we do. Hopefully, Hamid and Burns stick at it. Hopefully, he has another good test. I'm interested to see Milan. I really hope he does well because I think he's got the right... He clearly has the right sort of temperament and has a good technique. Whether he can do it in England, debatable. I think Ed Smith was a bit harsh when he said he could only really do it sort of in Australia. But then we're going to Australia in the winter, so fair play. As long as he does it in Australia, I'm sure some people will be more than happy with that. He's kind um, of gone from wanting to get some youth in and, you know, pushing them through. And then now that... It, well, it, works for, it did work for a bit, like in South African places like that. We, you know, I actually thought, oh, we've actually got a decent side here. Mm. And then, but like I say, younger players or, you know, people who haven't played that many tests are going to have stages like this, like yeah. Sibley, Crawley and Pope are going to have. Um, but like, even some of the best players have gone through these spells, haven't they? So, oh yeah, Root, Root got dropped, didn't he? It's one yeah. remembered thing, so. so if they, they go back to county, work on the game for, I don't know, might even, might even need be a couple of years. Yeah, it's just any, no, people. So he can... He's obviously been around a bit, so he should know his game by now. Yeah, and the thing is, people say, oh, Milan's older, but at the end of the day, at 33, you'd hope he'd still got a couple more years, a few more years at the top level. So it's not like he's... If fair enough, we're bringing in a 36-year-old, I'd be a bit concerned, but I think he's still just about the at the right age where you can give him a last chance. So maybe I still think maybe James Vince was maybe worth a shout into the squad, but... Only you're only ever going to play one of the two anyway, so the only problem is five, anti for yeah, Hampshire. He's obviously a class player, like, but yeah, I think that's his spot, um, it, it seems. And he's better than Bear Stuff. the players we've got, he, he ain't going to get in, is he? At the man, not at the moment. I think maybe if Bearstow starts to struggles at any point at five, you maybe see him come in, but then you've still got Stokes to reappear, hopefully. And you've got Pope if he, you know, gets some form back. Well, yeah, no, it's worth remembering Pope and Lawrence, to be fair. Lawrence has Lawrence. been in better form probably than Pope, really. So, should be the next one in, but I'm sure it would be Pope just because of sort of the stylists out there who prefer how he looks, I guess. Right, what we'll do is, we'll, I guess we'll leave sort of the England-India chat there because we're only literally two and a bit sessions in. I'm sure next week, hopefully, we'll be celebrating it and hopefully laughing a little bit more at some of the crying on Twitter. Oh, my famous last words will come true. <laughs> oh, your famous last words will come true. You're never watching England and test again. And That's we'll the caption. Have a at you. You've got the caption ready, mate. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, going completely to the opposite end of cricket, the 100 finished at the weekend. Uh, the Eliminators were on Friday that we spoke about, well, I spoke about with Andy last week. Uh, in the women's tournament, the Oval Invincibles beat Birmingham Phoenix uh, quite comfortably in the end, to be fair, uh, winning by 20 runs, so pretty easy for them. In the men's, Southern Brave went and nicked it. Well, I say nicked it, won comfortably against Trent Rockets. Trent Rockets had done well sort of early on and then sort of middled out a little bit, whereas Southern Brave, I think, they went into the Eliminator having won five on the bounce and they made it six on the bounce, an easy, easy win. And that took it to finals day. Bit of a shock in the women's uh, final. A massively comfortable win by nearly 50 runs from Oval Invincibles over Southern Brave, who'd finished top of the league 
and had only lost one game up to that point. And then in the men's, another shot really, Birmingham Phoenix had finished top of the league, had been on fire, but Southern Brave made it seven wins out of seven after losing their first, I think it was first two games or first three games of the tournament. They won comfortably in the end by 32 runs, uh, despite some fireworks as always from Liam Livingston and friend of the pod, Benny Owlett, in some lower order runs as well. And Moeen having a little bit of a, a dig, although it wasn't particularly the quickest. Um, looking at the bowlers, there was a wicket each for Garton over to Mills and Jake Lintert, who I think have all massively impressed. And good to see Jake Lintert, who's only just really got into county cricket, now doing so well in the blast, so well in the 100, that he's got himself a CPL contract as well for, Barba- for Barbados. So fair play to him and just looking back it was a bit of a shock name but Paul Sterling was the main man with 61 off 36 for Southern Brave and Ross Whiteley got of Ashcombe Park fame got 44 not out of 19 balls I think that's possibly more runs than he ever scored for Ashcombe Park so well done to that man um, with, the, with the main men there um, just a shout out for Tim David 15 off 6 balls 250 strike rate coming in for literally the just the end of the tournament and then he pulled off an absolute worldy ever catch. I think it was second ball of the game to get out Bedding, Beddingham. And then he was the man who managed to run out Liam Livingstone with a bullet throw from the boundary. So fair play to him. He, he made a massive difference, even though he was playing without a squad number. <laughs> if Livingston had run it properly, that could have been a different game because he well, was exactly. absolutely smashing him. Yeah. And just on Livingston, and in fact, we'll go on to it now. Uh, who would you pick as your MVPs of the tournament? I mean, I think it's pretty easy, but who would you go with? Livingston, mate. <laughs> Livingston, what about the women, or have you not paid as much attention? Um, Kate Cross, because she gave us a shout-out. <laughs> nah, fair play. I don't know, uh, mate, I'll be honest. I'd pro- I'd, to, to be boring, but I'd probably agree with what the the 100 sort of voted for themselves. I think Dane Van Nierkirk for the women's, she did... She was class oh, I did see a bit of that, see. She can whack a ball. Yeah, she did a very, very good job for the Invincibles of Skipper. And it just had to be Livingston. And for me, Livingston now is an absolute shoe in one of the first names on the sheet, surely, for not just England at the World Cup, which I'm sure is for many people is the most important, but for me also, when you look at, say, like Rajasthan Royals, obviously they're not going to have Butler or Stokes. Livingston's got the first name on the sheet and either opening or batting three in the IPL, surely, which is great prep as well for him ahead of playing for England. Um, but yeah, would you say, I would point out there that I think Livingston may well be possibly one of the most loved and well-known cricketers outside of Roots, Stokes and Anderson and probably Broad now in the UK because of the 100 being on free-to-air TV. He's one of the people that, like if you watch, you know, if you're just scrolling through and you see, oh, his name's on the team sheet, you watch the game, don't you? Yeah. You make sure you watch when he's, when he's batting, and he can also bowl for you and the overs, can't he? Ah. So and we all love a player who bowls offies to one and leggies to another. Fair oh, play. Love yeah. a bit of that. Don't know what's coming down. Oh ah. no. Oh no. Oh, we've no. got we've got it's a third member. The he's here. It's Jono. Is he feeling okay? Ah, this is. This is a rare occurrence of late. How are we, John? Oh, and how's, how's Reggie? I've face here, look at him. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't got to speak to you, dude. <laughs> I just threw it out there. That, uh, say a big thank you to Andy Mountford for filling in for us both last week. When I can't remember what we were doing. But, uh, I big, can't remember big what we were doing either, boys. <laughs> I think we were together. I can't remember. 
Oh, probably, yeah. yeah. And um, you, had, you had a crisis, and that was what it was, John. You were having a crisis at the club. Hey, crisis. I mean, it wasn't really a crisis, but you you were dealing with things, should we say. Yeah, we don't mention these things, do we? Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you can mention it as far as I'm concerned. I couldn't care less. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, so, thanks to Andy. Uh, but the team and predictions that he's made for the test match today are absolutely abhorrent. And I've enjoyed, <laughs> I've enjoyed uh, seeing him be completely, completely wrong all day. What were you, by the way? <laughs> Uh, that we weren't going to get him. 20 wickets. <laughs> oh, I've, yeah. I've seen that tweet this morning, yeah. And then you we were, were like, going to get 20 wickets. Well. <laughs> yeah, he's aged well. Then someone put something on about us not getting 400 or something. I, I did ask him if he would predict predict that um, we'd get 400 because he was doing that while his predictions. And he said no. He said he was pretty he was pretty confident he'd be safe with that. And we're currently 53 for none. So, hey. Yeah, Tino, just, just about mentioned that. You're, you're a stats man. You know a lot about things. Mm-hmm. When was the last time we got a 50 partnership? Fucking feels yeah. like a long time ago. Opening the batting, God only knows, mate. I'm sure he'll appear on India, Twitter at some point. maybe? Possibly so, but I'm not even sure if we did. Then I was thinking, well, I don't know. I can't, I can't even think of anywhere other than possibly India. Because just In that first game? Yeah, just for lunch, didn't Burns play that horrendous reverse sweep? And mm, then possibly, caught. yeah. Uh, just to put it out there, this is the first 50-run stand partnership of the series that hasn't involved Joe Root. So, fair play to Ramid and Burns on that one. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Uh, Gotta I'm love just it. throwing it out there, by the way, that even if we knew when it was, it just proves that even if it happened, it was probably not particularly memorable. Yeah, that is very, very true. Sky Sports are currently doing a, a segment on rotating the strike and how well they've run together, which I will say, like, I actually noticed how well they've run together. Uh, but that just goes to, I don't know whether that's some kind of, like, sly dig that slimline Dom Sibley is not maybe as slimline as <laughs> we think he is. I always forget that Dom Sibley was a bit of a chunky monkey and known as the Fredge now, but, yeah, fair play. Well, I'll have to say cat font on it. Yeah, when you are, you just have. You just said it. Well, so, fair play. Um, so, we already spoke about England, Jono, but anything mm. you want to add about today? Anything that you've picked up on that particularly... Yeah, it seems you have like 20 weeks of the year off and you can actually... Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? yeah I, I suppose the only thing that I've got to mention England-wise is I think this is, at last, the correct team. This is the team that I would have had. Um, oh, my God. Sweet first ball. Get, get out. Um, certainly... This is the opening partnership that I'd have been looking towards, uh, I, like I've been thinking about for a little while. Um, certainly since Hamid got runs against India in the warm-up game, this is the opening partnership that I wanted to, to see us have. Um, I think getting David Milan back in is the correct call for a couple of reasons. He's an older head. I think he's got big shoulders because he can take criticism because he was, was slash is the number one. T20 batsman in the world and let yet get shitloads for not being a very good 2020 player. So I think he's got big enough shoulders. He's old enough. He's long enough in the tee. He's got a test under in Australia, so we, we know he can play. But then again, Dom Sibley's got a big under in South Africa and I'm not sure he can. Um, yeah, and I think he was just what, he, um, just what that team needed right now. 
And Any so, comments on India or Virat Kohli to, to add to the matter? I mean, you've probably seen way more of it, way more of it than me and do. So I'm just going off what commentators have said on TMS that it's been some very poor batting as well. Um, yes, and so I don't think they picked the right team. Um, I don't think they picked the right team. I always like the thought of bowling first at Headingley. Um, I get kittens every time we play at Headingley of when Australia picked um, Stuart Clark in that, that random Ashes game. Um, for no, he'd not played for years and then they picked him and he ran riot. Mm. So I always fancy a ball first at Headingley, especially if it was a bit gloomy, which it was. There was a few, couple of rash shots, um, Coley's in particular, but I don't think there was anything drastic. I think it was just good enough. Um and it was doing just enough. Mm. I don't think um, I don't think we bowled any crap at all, really, including yeah. Sam Curran, who I gave plenty to. But he bowled yeah. quite well, plenty of carry for a little lad. Craig Overton looks like he's put on half a yard of pace. He was knocking on the door of mid eighties, where I've seen him mid seventies, late seventies before, and that makes a difference. Um, he's not express, but yeah, I don't think they picked the right side. I think this might spin in a couple of days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We've been a lot bat once and bat long, lads. Let's Go hope so. Pain. Yeah, let's hope so. So that's so, not too penny. But he's a twat. We all know that. Yeah, good. I, I was waiting to see if that'd be dropped in. It's not nice to see the science. Some teams have skippers that are twats. I wouldn't know anything about that, mate. <laughs> How did I know that comment was going to come? Do you, do you have a response to that, John? Or we just want to tell him. He's a twat. He's too. also told me I'm his hero today and I've made oh him very happy. No comment. No so comment. cute. So cute. Uh, Johnny, we were just on about the 100 and the only point I got left was is there what what is the one thing that each of us would improve about the 100 going ahead into next year? Is that one thing we'd change or, or do differently? I'm going to start with you, Johnny, because I feel like you'll have a good idea. Um ditch the blast and replace it solely with the 100. Whew. He's gone straight in. Not even I'm changed not... with the 100. Yeah, I'm kind of with him on that. Ooh. Interesting. Um, You're going to upset some people. Our boys. best players are going to play enough franchise cricket around the world. 100 balls. It's basically the same game as 2020 anyway. So we're not missing out. We are one of the best white ball sides in the world. It's given the younger lads a chance. I think seeing top flight international cricketers come over in subsequent years will be a benefit. I think the 100 needs to have its own slot in the calendar when England aren't playing test cricket, just like the IPL. And I think we need to turn it into a proper franchise, which I wish our blast had been for years and years and years, where we're not playing anything else other than the 100 for that period of time. Um, No international cricket, nothing like that. And then we can fix our calendar out a little bit better. Fair enough. And just as a quick one, I noticed a few people have said, oh, you can't you can't get rid of the blast because they won't be playing T20. But actually, England went and won a 50-over World Cup despite spending several years before playing 40 overs in the one-day cup instead of 50, which caused them to actually bat quicker and bat better. So you would argue that the same thing could possibly happen from the 100. Hopefully. Yeah, it's the, it's the same. It's the, it's the same, same premise. Technique. Yeah, well, if you look on it, you can take this argument as well. Um, nowhere, nowhere plays five-day cricket in first-class cricket around the world. Mm. Yeah, you can still you still feel the test team 
who play a different amount of overs and technically he's, he's technically speaking a different format. So mm. as long as the skills are the same, the format, it can be different as far as I'm concerned. Dude, what would you change? Um, I don't think I'd really change anything, to be fair, mate. Mm. I think you, you have enjoyed it. <laughs> well, it's just like if you think about like the ticket price and stuff, they're reasonable, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. You're getting to see two games for the same price, I'm guessing, as a yeah, T20 game. You've got DJs, you've got, you know, women's game on first, but there's a lot more people watching the women's game now. You've seen massive sixes. The, the boundaries brought in to entertain people. Maybe as a bowler. If you're a bowler, you want, might want it a couple of yards extra back, but um, nah, obviously without, without, you know, COVID still about, you'd probably get a few more overseas over. But I'd probably just go with what Jono said, because, you know, you don't want it affecting the the one-day the one day stuff, because if, like, we're not playing, well, you know, like your main players playing one-day stuff over here, then we might struggle on that when actually that is the one thing we are very good at. Yeah, I don't think there's much I'd change. I'd be looking at, I like, as Johnny says, the schedule. I'd love to see it changed in the sense that it has its own window. I guess the issue is they want it in the summer holidays and so there's always going to be international cricket on at the same time, I guess, which is a bit of a pain. Um, but the one thing I'm, I would like, I would change, but I'm sure will do, is just increasing the um, or improving the overseas I think obviously having it so that you've got overseas that are actually there that have a better standard or sort of a more well-known um, from Australia, New Zealand, the West Indies. If you can have them for the whole tournament and not sort of what we've had a little bit where it's been chopping and changing and try and have it so that domestic players, again, aren't having to chop and change too much. I'd maybe increase the squad slightly so that each squad maybe has four overseas and maybe you can only play three of them and maybe have, say, an extra three domestic players just so. It seemed a little bit daft at times when replacement players have come in and they haven't even got a squad number or a squad shirt to wear. Um, I, I maybe... wouldn't mind a few more games, you know. I, I wouldn't mm. be, I wouldn't be adept to a few more games. I mean, the way that they worked the, the fixtures out, I don't know whether they were always originally intended like that, but um, I, I wouldn't have minded a few more. I mean, I don't want it to turn into the IPR where it feels like it's on for about three months. Yeah, or even the big bash goes on and a little bit. bit and, the, and the big bash has changed in the last couple of years, and that feels like it's going on for months and months and months. You want uh, a short, sharp, two, three-week... I, I wouldn't be adept to, like... How long was it on for in the end? Four weeks on it, basically. 32 yeah. days or something like that. I think that's absolutely fine, and but I would say that they can fit more games into, um, more games into the space that they've got there. I think the time frame fine, but the one thing that they did try and ensure is every game was televised. I think that's where they, that fell down. So yeah, you'd obviously be, you'd obviously be thinking even if you go to two, two a day, you could in theory double the amount of games. Mm. I, I, I don't like the they don't like the knockout stage either as well. I'd I'd have happily seen. Um, two semi-finals in the final. Um, obviously not quarter-finals because then he, he, everyone would have been involved. But I'd have happily seen two, two semi-finals in the final, or even get a bit inventive. Um, I know, like one team straight to the final, but then you can have like, could you have had like an eliminator, um, and then a semi-final? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the big bash do, don't they? And the yeah. 
I, I think long term, I wouldn't be shocked to see a ninth team added. So instead of Manchester Originals playing Northern Superchargers twice to make up the eight games, you have a Western team that play from, say, Somerset. I don't know, you call them Western Storm or whatever they call the women's teams or whatever. And they, and they do it that way. And then, as you say, instead of having three teams in the finals, you have four of the nine instead of three of the eight go into the finals. And I think, really, the, the only thing actually I can think of that I'd like to see is more games on the BBC. But I think that'll happen because it's been successful and the BBC have got good numbers. So the BBC will want to show more anyway. It's decent how they have some on YouTube and stuff as well. Once. Yeah, I mean, the women's games always available on YouTube was good. Obviously, I know they're never going to do the same with the men's because otherwise Sky would be like, oh, why the fuck are we paying for it? But I mean, you, you, YouTube's the future for this generation. I look at like the, the, the kids I teach and the youngsters that you come across and my nephews and stuff like that, and they're all, they watch everything on the computer. They, they can literally watch everything. They watch all the TV through the computer. It's all through the phone and all through the computer. So making it as accessible as possible. Yeah. That is the way. That is the way. Right. Moving on to some other cricketing news around the world. Uh, the Royal London One Day Cup final happened. In the end, it was quite a comfortable win for Glamorgan over Durham. Um, pretty pretty standard win in the end. It well, didn't get that close. Uh, so I think Chris Rushworth foul was still quite a few runs needed on the board as the last wicket. Good to see a decent crowd in though at Trent Bridge. Good to see one of the sort of, I guess you'd call them smaller counties who haven't won anything in, I think it was 17 years, pick up a trophy. Um, and Carlson, the skipper, who's done really well in domestic cricket last year or so, good to see him skipping them to the win. Uh, T20 Blast quarterfinals are happening. Last night saw an absolute cracking game of cricket. Um, Sussex took on Yorkshire at Durham because of the test match, which was a little bit odd, I guess, but Great game of cricket. Uh, one seven set seven for seven was posted by Yorkshire, um, and Sussex knocked it off with two balls to spare, five down. Rashid Khan did well with the ball, but I don't know if you boys have seen it. Some of them helicopter shots, and particularly the wristy flick off from outside off stump to a full bunger that he managed to hit for a one bounce four behind backward square leg was absolute filth. I like his ones over points and cover, mate. He absolutely nails them. Got it. You've got to love, aren't you, his little helicopters. Fuck knows how you do that and how you risk and He absolutely nails them. If I'm there, I'm thinking, oh, that's not a bad position because, you know, someone's going to hit it just for one, you know, and, and he's generally just nailing the ball at you. Yeah. Like, you know, like you'd be at Cow Corner. He is doing the exact same, but, like, point cover. Yeah. So Rashid Khan got one wicket for 25 off his four. Tim Al Mills took a three for someone who I think's definitely got to be in that England World Cup squad now. But yeah, Rashid Khan finished with 27 off just nine balls, so 300 strike rate. Um, so fair play to that man. That's a decent effort. Just on Tim Al Mills, would both of you boys be picking him for the squad now to replace Archer? I've seen him in the hundred and the blast. He's quick. He's quick. He's quick. He's left arm, and he's statistically the best bowler at the death in the world, isn't he? So, surely you bring him in. What do you reckon, Jono? It's just a yes, and he's going. I don't know whether he plays, but he's going. Yeah. Looking ahead at the rest of the quarterfinals, Knotts versus Hampshire tonight's probably the big one, big game there. 
Uh, who we backing out of that one, boys? Dare I ask? Knots yeah, and Hampshire, mate. Knots, uh, mate. Knots, you're going for? Hampshire. Big. Uh, moving on to tomorrow night, Somerset versus Lancashire. I guess another really big game, really, there. Two of the bigger Somerset. counties. Oh, he likes his cider. What about you, dude? Surely you've got to go Lancashire, haven't you? Of course you have, mate. Support the boys. And then, I know for a while you're going to say for this one, and to be fair, I probably will end up agreeing with you. Yeah, well, Birmingham Bears, as they're known, yeah, against Kent Spitfires. Get back in, back in your boys. Is Crawley playing for Kent? I would assume so, yeah. Is Sibley yeah, playing yeah, for Birmingham is my question. And John O, who are you backing for? Kent. Kent. Crawley Kent. 100. Make sure you pronounce that E there. <laughs> so, Devin Conway is the one I'm thinking of, mate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, true. To be fair, he's struggled a bit recently, hasn't he, since... He uh, he didn't really do do much, did he? Like recently, apart from obviously in the test, but in the hundred he didn't get many, did he? Uh, not particularly. Um, right, next thing I've got down is West Indies versus Pakistan. Um, series ended up as a draw. Pakistan won by 109 runs. I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying Pakistan were two for three. Yeah, um, in, the, in the first, first innings, first first time, oh sorry, second time a team has ever been um, three or more down for less than that number of runs and won a game. Fair play so to they, them. They were they were two for three, which is the lowest that everyone's ever been three down and still won the game wow. in the first innings. Fair play. Uh, Babra Zam got seventy five, so he's a little bit more back and form. Fawad Alam, though, I mean, he spent years out of the team because people didn't like his technique, but another ton. That's something like his fifth ton in about 10, 12 games since he'd come back. Why on earth was he not picking the bloke? Is he an English password? <laughs> yeah, if only. Um, but, yeah, so they won quite, in the end, reasonably comfortably. Um, so, well done to them. And that looked like a good series, two good games of cricket. Plenty of interesting stuff going on, including Craig Brathwaite's 37 mile an hour moon ball that got a wicket, giving me hope. So you're now your idol, Turner. Yeah, he is now. That's about as quick as you as well. I know how he does as well. (laughs) Yeah. And then the very, very last thing on other world cricketing news is the Australian, uh, well, Australia decided to announce their T20 squad for the World Cup. Um, Sort of. I guess you could you could say there was a few shocks in there. Um, Josh English, who's done so well in the Blast and in the 100, he's got himself in to the squad. And he's in there ahead of Alex Carey. Um, I think it's the right decision, but I guess it was a bit of a shock for, for quite a few people. Steve Smith's now suddenly back available. There's no Marnus in there, though. And there's no uh, Jai Richardson. So Kane Richardson's in, but surprisingly, Jai Richardson, who was probably the star of last year's Big Bash, he doesn't make it. Um, Dan Christian's a reserve, as is Nathan Alice, who did really well. And Daniel Sam's maybe a bit of a shock reserve too. But do you look at their squad and think they're genuine contenders or do we think West Indies, India and England are still the, the main three that it'll come down to? I just feel like John is having a ready meal, mate. Are you <laughs> having a ready meal or a pot noodle or something of those four? Absolutely not. It's nothing to do with me. Thank you. Uh, uh, fair enough. Um, no, they're not contenders, mate. Yeah, Don't Steve Smith was adamant that he wasn't going to play because play he was yeah. get ready for the Ashes, and now he's just like, yeah, go on, then I'll play. 
Yeah. Bizarre. I did. I have said on the pod though, so you can find it in proof that I still think he's one of their best eleven players. So I think he does make them better, if not just marginally. Yeah, he probably does make them marginally better, but I think that says a lot about probably Australia's sort of strength as a as a T um, Twenty side. Sadly, well, I'll say sadly, it's not sadly, is it? But you know what I mean. Well, they got battered in Bangladesh. I know we yeah. still a few players missing, but. It's not a good sign. Was it 4-1 as well? Yeah. They lost 4-1 to Windies as well. Yeah, not good. Right then, before we get into North Staff's action, I'll let Jono take over. Um, Following a little bit of an incident that must have happened at the weekend, I'm going to have a little look at sort of best cricketing injuries. So, any funny stories we have. Um, Obviously, I'm famed for being shot by the... Ballston sniper and doing my ligaments and my knee that to this day continues to just pop and go whenever it feels like. Um, and it was literally like I've been shot by a sniper. So that's really all I've got other than one of the lads at the club once took a catch and didn't celebrate and I wondered why. He then turned around and put his hand up to the sun and I could only, all I could see was the fact that his finger was pointing the wrong way. And I was like, oh yeah, maybe that's why you're not celebrating then. Fair play, and he was soon off on his way to hospital. But um, hey, Jono, who out of you wants to explain Jono's injury from the weekend? I'll do it, mate. I <laughs> thought you might, mate. What? How did I know? How did I know this? <laughs> There's quite a few funny things from Saturday. To be fair, but I've got I've got three things, mate, that are quite funny. Go on, right. man. One's an injury, and two aren't. Well, so basically, the first one is I'm fielding. It's a deep cover, whatever. And we've come back out after rain, and I've been told to move, and I don't know why. So I'm like, John, I always feel him. Why have you got to move? He goes, Simmy's got the shit, mate. So he's <laughs> got to feel the just in case he has to run off. <laughs> then when Bog rolls and sends to him in the chat, <laughs> saying, here you are, mate, just in case you've got the shits. Then we had a Nathan Lyon incident with Mr. Steve Brealey. <laughs> Um, they tried to run one to Pike at mid-wicket and Pike's through it. He's bounced a couple of times, mate, but he's miles out his crease. And Steve's gone to collect the ball, mate, and he's gone straight through his hands, literally like, and then rolled past him. I pissed myself. John is fuming, but I found it yeah. out. And then the main story of the day, <laughs> we've come off, we've realised we've got a winning draw, so we're in a reasonable mood. A couple of us are in the shower. One gets out, John gets in, and because there was three showers next to other, there's got a bit of water that's piling up. At the bottom mark. So I start kicking it at Johnny, right? <laughs> he tries to kick it back at me and he's gone arse over tit. <laughs> so I try and hold him up just so he doesn't hurt himself. <laughs> then I was, before he even checked he was okay, I'm pissing myself. And then because there was obviously that water's on the floor, he's face down, I'm just kicking water in his face. And then as he realises he's laughing, but then he's going, Oh me elbow, me elbow, me elbow really hurts. <laughs> Get up, you pussy! But it, honestly, mate, it was hilarious. Still is now. Oh, Jono. <laughs> if it, honestly, if it if it hadn't been so funny, I'd have cried. <laughs> Brilliant. But it was really, but it was really funny. It was okay. Have you got any other stories for us, Jono, around injuries uh, that you may have seen? Yeah, I've got a great one for our uh, another ginger friend of ours, Tom Perkin, which is not another Ballaston sniper story. Uh, a couple of oh, years yeah. ago, with. We're playing at Ballaston. I think this. I think it had been rain affected then. To be honest, um, I think we we're chasing a score, but we're never going to get there. So we're just batting. 
and uh, TP, who we quite often call Gower because he's a flowing left-hander when he gets going, hits the most eye-catching cover drive you've ever seen in your life. It was absolutely, it was textbook, and he absolutely leathers it from the top of the square all the way down to the big tree at Barlaston. We look at the square and just see TP uh, laid out on the track. Uh, and it just basically turned out that in the the midst of hitting the best shot of the day, uh, popped his knee out altogether. Oh, nice. Well, I think that he popped was... out and then popped back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Popped out and then popped back in. So he still gets some, uh, still gets some mileage with it to this day. He, he says, oh, uh, Jono, I've got another funny injury. God. Funny injury. This was my first season. I wasn't actually playing this game, but I ended up at A&E with this person for another reason. But Mr. Tim Myatt. <laughs> Do you know what I'm doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Another so game. basically, <laughs> he was just helping out the boys because the seconds are a bit short. And some lads just bowled this loopy full toss at him and it hit him on the back of the head. <laughs> no. <laughs> so he ends up spending about five hours up A&E. And I'm already up there with Gina because she's got, she's claiming she's got a blood clot, mate. She's just got a dead arm, whatever. She got bit by a fly. Oh, yeah, it's somewhat on them lines, but I just realised. She, she got bit by a horse slide, it swelled up, and then she said she had a blood clot. <laughs> <laughs> has got blood clots in the family, to be fair. So yeah, she has to be Five hours of my Saturday night was up there. Oh, and wow. Um, I'm sat there and Tim Myatt walks in holding his head meat and it was Because Timbo had been hit by a full toss that just lollipopped that. It might have been a bouncer actually. Do you remember, no, I genuinely think vid- it was a full toss. Have you ever, seen that, video- have you ever seen that video of um, Mark Cosgrove when he like just heads it all away? <laughs> yeah. That, that's the only thing that really I've got to just to compare it to, to be honest. It just he just edited it. <laughs> Are you telling the story of the injury we've been told today, Tim. Yeah, so uh, Simon Swift, who we mentioned earlier, has sent us in a story. Basically, they were playing a Sunday friendly against Scott A up at Scott A. One of their lads has fallen eight whilst batting in absolute agony. Couldn't be moved. He's, they go up to him, he said, oh, I've heard a crack, I've broken my leg. So, as you do, you take an early tea, call the ambulance. He turns up, he's on a stretcher, oxygen mask, taken to hospital. We have seen a photo that proves this was the case. He was literally on a stretcher with oxygen, being dragged off the pitch by three paramedics as well. Um, so they were defending their total. Things were getting close, around five overs to go. Pretty tense game. And the next thing that the lads see is said player from earlier walking back down the bank at Scott A, still in his whites, ready to resume fielding. Um, he said it's possibly the quickest broken leg recovery of all time. And it turned out it was actually just a really bad cramp he had. <laughs> so, That's broken leg, bad cramp. <laughs> the best yeah. bit that I think adds to this is that the same player actually did get injured later in the season. And no one gave him any sympathy and told him to run it off. And it actually turned out he broke his ankle and he hasn't played a game of cricket since. So, fair hooks to that lad. He hasn't been named. So at least Simon kept you anonymous, like, but not not a good not a good effort there. Really, cramp isn't really an ambulance and oxygen job, is it? Can we find out who it is and get them on just to tell the story themselves? I think maybe so. Just to explain, I want to hear if a cramp feels like a broken leg. 
would be quite an, a nice story to I hear. He's fighting for his average mate, retired. Mate, so yeah, fancy retiring early. Uh, so if anyone else has got any good stories, please send them over. We'll read them out. We'll have a laugh about them. Aid will probably abuse you about them. Um, so yeah, send them over. Right, last thing as always. It's all about his North Staff cricket. So, Jono, do you want to take it away? Premier Division, there wasn't a single result, really. There was one draw. Um, Cheadle got 199 for three. Stone were 102 for four. Cheadle got 12 points. Other than that, Ashcombe Park, Whitmore rained off. Burslem, Meekins rained off. Checkley, Bagnall rained off. Marshall Leak rained off. Porter, Longton rained off. As you were at the top, as you were... Um, yeah, making nine points in front. Looking comfortable, as it well, stands. <laughs> as it stands, but it's very tense, I'd say. That's a, a decent battle, I'd say. Um, Division one, a few more results this time. In fact, four results. It's really good. Uh, well done to those teams who got on. Sandyford, Nipersley didn't bowl the ball. Woodley and Blythe ended up a draw. Um, Newcastle and sell big winners against Little Stoke. Little Stoke were 139 all out in 29 overs. Uh, Newcastle North Hill knocked them off in a hun- uh, 141 for three in 17 and a half. Uh, Lisi were 141 all out. Audley knocked them off two from just inside 30 overs. Uh, Eccleshill were 109 for nine off 44. Uh, Hemi knocked them off for one in 15 overs. And ending were 116 all out in 41 overs, and I would knock them off for four and 23 overs. So, um, some big results, especially at the top um, in Division One. So, Alworth very much on top, 291 points. Uh, that's their 14th win of the season. Hemi in second, 276. They put a bit of distance now between them and Knifesley. 32 point gap between them and Knifesley in third. Um, and with four weeks to go, or however long it is, I'd imagine that is pretty much that. Um, Little Stoke still 41 points adrift. Blythe, uh, 10 points adrift from Leasit. Uh, and it now looks like, really, realistically, three-horse race to get out of that uh, that bottom two. Um, in Division 2, I think there's only one positive, two positive results, I think, in Division 2, uh, off the top of my head. Let me uh, the results. Norton Nails won. I know that much. Norton Nails bowled. Carver's wall, mate. Carver's wall. <laughs> sorry, it wasn't loading. It wasn't loading. Uh, Norton Nails bowled Carver's wall out for under twenty. Not them off for two and fifteen overs. Um, Row Park big winners at the bottom against Portel. Bowled Portel out for hundred. Not them off for two and eighteen overs. Sandbach Oakmore were off without ball being bowled. Um, all Sager and Meareth had a good game. Uh, All Sager were 125 for two declared off 34. Meareth gave it a really, really good go. They were 113 for seven off 12 overs before the rain intervened. Um, and then the boys, we were uh, winning draw against Barliston. 10 points plays 11. Barliston got 187 for five in 33. Um, we gave it a decent fist of it. We were 158 for seven off uh, 27. So head of the run rate, so if we'd have had the same amount of overs, we'd have got there, but yeah, just overs got the better of us in the end. Um, and then in Division 3, uh, Division 3, Audley seconds were 192 for 6 declared off 37, Hanford knocked them off in 29 overs. Um, 
Exel and Hemi rained off. Meeking seconds lost out to Crew, making 203 all out. Uh, Crew knocked them off for two in 12 overs. Uh, Longton checked with seconds, but had it played out a draw. Um, Modishaw seconds, big winners against Cheadle. Cheadle were running seven all out. Modishaw knocked them off for four in 19 overs. And uh, Turner, do you want to finish off by talking about the boys? Yeah, the boys did quite well. They started very, very well against Stone. Um, I want to say they had them something like, yeah, 34 for five. Uh, did really well. Had to go off the rain, came back on. In the end, Stone got 38.2 overs in before the rain. I think, I don't know whether they declared or whether the rain started again and they chose to declare them, but they got to 1259. By the time uh, we got on to actually bat, there was only 13 overs left, um, and they still had to obviously try and chase 126 to win. And fair play to the lads, they gave it a go and finished on 105 for five after the 13 overs. So, got the winning draw thanks to the fact that obviously they got a much better run rate. Ram did a good job with the ball, I'm told, to, taking a three for. Um, did all right with 22 of the bat, and Baggers did all right with 32 of the bat as well as they tried to sort of. Get a, get a move on to try and chase it down. Marshall mm. um, uh, seconds could be the first team promoted, I believe. Uh, yeah, it looks that way. This weekend, should they win and results go their way, they're currently um, 52 points clear of third place check with second. So if results go their way, they could be up this weekend. Um, Stone SP seconds, uh, 25 points clear in second. And then I suppose the only people who are going to be catching them check with seconds. Down at the bottom, all the seconds have got a game in hand. I've got no idea why. They're playing on hand. Sunday, I believe, because of COVID. Was it, no, once it goes staffs were playing at long. Um, it might have been staffs, yeah, sorry. But they, they had to get the ground prepared. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Sorry. I forgot that. <laughs> right, okay. So they're playing a double header then, presumably, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Right, okay. So um Audley or uh, 32 points adrift and it's the boys second bottom only three points adrift but still I'd say adrift. probably one, two, three four, yeah four teams probably I'd say still involved in that little mix there at the bottom of division three of course we had some Talbot Cup and Talbot Shield action as well um, do you want to run through them Jono? yes so the final of the Talbot Cup um, will be contested between Bears and Cheadle draws tonight to find out who plays at home um, Longton over it. Longton uh, lost out to Cheadle. Uh, sounds like a good game. Cheadle got 193 all out. Longton were 191 for nine off their overs. Um, and Bursley overcame Modishall first. Modishall got 151 for eight. Bursley not not for eight inside uh, just in the last over there, which uh, another good game by the sounds of it. Um, Talbot Shield was won by Newcastle and Hartsale. Um, Seconds, who I must say, by the way, are the best second team that I've I've seen in a good while. Um, they were absolutely hammering Division Four, but I know a couple of rain results have have gone against them the last couple of weeks in Division Four because they were going to walk that league at one point in time. And I know they have still got some average points to go on, so they could well get their top spot back, but still to play for in the league. But um, Cavs Wall seconds. Put up a fight, they were 108 all out. Um, and then Newcastle and Hartsell knocked them off four inside 31 overs. Um, so yeah, congratulations! First piece of silverware to 
Newcastle and Hearts Hill seconds this year. Yeah, well done to them lads. And talking of Newcastle and Hearts Hill, our star of the weekend was won by Rich Hagen. He got four for 36 and hit 71 off 36. So a deserved winner there. Uh, the other nominees were Cheadle's Ali Khan for 100 off 91. He's had a fair few nominations over the last probably couple of months. Uh, maybe it's Will Gallimore for a 63 off 35 as they tried to chase down um, a total on Saturday. And then Modishall's Matt Wright, who managed to get 5 for 11 off just 3.1 overs. Um, so, But well done to Richie Hagen, who was the winner there. As far as I know, boys, I think that's it in terms of North Staff cricket this week. Obviously, if Staff's cricket did lose out in the end, um, so I haven't qualified for the final of the National Counties uh, three-day is it three-day competition, Jono? Three-day competition. Um, did watch some um, on the live stream over the last couple of days, so doing some uh, decent enough viewing. Um, yeah, big last wicket partnership for Suffolk. Got them out of the mire. It wasn't. It was kind of like what I describe as a fake last wicket partnership because. Um, one of the lads who came in normally bats much higher up the order, but had been carrying an injury, so he didn't actually bat um, first innings. So wasn't quite as drastic for staffs as it may seem, but still they'd be disappointed not to uh, not to get home from there. I'd have thought. Yeah. So that's us done in terms of North Staffs cricket, and just to update people, England are now scores level with no wickets down. Um, so doing well Burns 38 not out Hamid 32 not out so we're 78 for none as we go in I think we're in the 31st over now uh, at the weekend before we go it's got to mention obviously again the Nathan Butler Memorial Day get yourselves down to Port Hill I believe it starts about 11 o'clock um, so go and support cry at that and then if you want to as well you can come along to Wedgwood we've got a festival going on raising money for the British Art Foundation in memory of Graham Hall. Um, Aid, you're playing for our boys, I believe. I got, your will, got your walk-on music ready. Also got your music for when you get out ready too, don't you worry. Oh, no. I'm also Let's... not bowling 10 balls from one end, mate. Oh, well, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping as a stitches young makes you bowl 10 from one end. I want to oh, see he will, because he's a pie. <laughs> So, yeah, so plenty going on at the weekend. I'm pretty sure there's other clubs as well who've got stuff going on. So it's meant to be dry. It's meant to be a nice weekend. Go and support local charities and local cricket clubs. Say, obviously, Nathan Butler Day at Port Hill. You've got the Wedgwood Festival at Wedgwood. I'm sure there's others. So I'm sure you'll have a great day no matter where you choose to go. And I feel like Aid wants to say something before. I've just remembered the beer festivals on as well, isn't it, that weekend? Yes, there is beer and gin. And it's bank holiday. And it's bank holiday. Stop it. It's going to be a messy one for you, I feel, Lolo. It's an expensive one. Yeah, probably so. Um, And obviously, in the next week or so, two, I'm sure Jono will be more than happy to tell us all about the cry day at Big Land. Will you not? Absolutely. We'll um, we'll get get these out of the way this weekend. It's only right, isn't it, before we start. Um, I might see if if Dave Hughes or one of the lads wants to come on and um, tell us about it. Brilliant. So we'll have all that coming up in the next few weeks um, and we'll try and get some guests on as always over the next few weeks as well. So, And if anyone knows anyone who would make a good guest, as always, please pass them on to us and we'll get them on because 
we're willing to chat shit to anyone in reality. As always, follow us, subscribe to us, review us. Uh, last week and last few weeks episodes of getting more and more downloads, more and more listens, uh, more and more subscribers and stuff. Gotta say, whoever is listening in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, I'm sure you're having much better weather than we are. And I'm sure your summer is a lot better than ours, so fair play to you. And that's about it from us. As always, support Cardiac Risk and the Young. Go and have a look at Woodstock if you need some new kit. And we'll be back next week. Boys, go well at the weekend. Dude, I will see you on Sunday for what I'm sure will be some pissed up fun. Oh, I'll be taking a beer out with me. Oh, I'm sure you will, mate. And we'll be back next week. Everyone at home, go well. Have a good weekend. And we will, and a good bank holiday. And hopefully, we'll see you next week when England have absolutely trounced India. Touch wood. Looking for a new cricket equipment partner for yourself or your club can sometimes be tricky with so many options to choose from. How do you make the right choice? When you want quality, value, and service, there really is only one place to start. For more than a decade, Woodstock Cricket been producing award-winning high-performance cricket bats from their Shropshire workshop. Matched with their classy soft goods, luggage and accessories, Woodstock Cricket really do tick all the boxes. Get in touch with Woodstock Cricket and find out why many loyal clubs, players and international customers can't be wrong at info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. Down at Third Man, the cricket podcast, proudly supported by Woodstock Cricket. Yeah.